what I'd heard was the the midwives had been listening to the podcast series and they'd heard only a few episodes and they'd heard that it was twins and so they gave her twice as much. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm a 30-something with a four-year-old stepdaughter and a newborn baby. And I'm Daniel. I'm a 30-something and I've had kids for a while, ranging from toddlers to teens. Welcome back to another episode of Ramblings of Dabmen. I'm Dan, and once again, as always, hopefully, we are joined this week by Matthew. Hi, yeah. So, sorry about uh, last week. We were uh, very yeah. rudely interrupted, weren't we? Can I just say, at this point, are we expecting any more interruptions? Because, uh, well, you know... Hopefully not. Hopefully <laughs> not. You know, for me, I've, I've been doing loads of stuff this week, Christmas do, loads of boring stuff. What have you been up to? Anything interesting? Um, <laughs> just, 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 just the usual, I guess. You know, um, what has break live on a podcast episode, and then I went and got, had a baby. So that's usual for you, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just, just a normal weekday. So our little daughter was born on Monday evening. She is called Robin. Robin Ethel Elizabeth Doyle. Ethel and Elizabeth are named after our um, nans. She was born at 17 minutes past seven on Monday. Wow. Okay, so we knew as of Wednesday this week, so uh, Wednesday the 1st of December, Becky was going to get induced. The reason they wanted to induce her is because after 40 weeks, the, the placenta starts to calcify, is the word, and then there's a risk of risk to the baby. So the GPs decided it would be good to get her out as close to 40 weeks as possible. So the plan was Becky was going in on the 1st of December. However, as you heard, little Robin decided to, uh, that wasn't good enough for her. <laughs> She has set your expectations that she works to her own timeline. And unlike you, she likes to be early. She certainly does like to be prompt. <laughs> Becky's water's broke at 8.20 on the Sunday of the 28th. Obviously, we were recording live. <laughs> we had to cut it short. Apologies to everybody. And, and Dan, really heartfelt and thank you for the message that uh really touched us at the end of it so um so thank you for that that was a bit of a surprise when we listened over to it so we were told to go to the hospital at 10 p.m on the sunday we spent a couple of hours in the hospital just to do some some little checks becky didn't even get an examination she was just they wanted to see how baby was and they were like come back tomorrow at two and that was kind of <laughs> left it there i mean i would have been freaking the fuck out at that point because when you're like, the waters have gone, surely you want her to be in a safe place. I've got a fuck ton of questions at this point. Yeah. <laughs> at, at that point, at that very moment, when they turned around to her and said, right, okay, you go home uh, and go rest. What was going through your head? I was nervous. I was excited. Th- that was the second time we went to the hospital for a, a, a reduced movement scan. So we'd been quite used to just going to the hospital. We, we wasn't put on a ward. We were triaged. We had a plan in our minds that we were going to have the baby at some point this week anyway. We knew that was happening. We 
kind of had a little kind of idea of what we were going to do. So in our heads, we were just prepped a couple of days earlier. We expected the labour to take a couple of days. But on the Monday especially, I was working half a day. And from my lunch break onwards, I was pacing, pacing, pacing. Becky was like, get away from me. Because <laughs> I was excited. You know, this is this is the start of one of the yeah. best weeks of my life, to put it bluntly. So there were some nerves, as you can imagine. In that moment, who was calmer, you or Becky? I think Becky was the calmer one. And I think when we went back in the hospital on the Monday, I fully had my rock hat on, as in I've got to be as calm as I can for Becky. I think that was needed from from both. <laughs> yeah. So talk me through that night then. So you'd, you'd you'd been sent home. Did you get any fucking sleep? Was it like a Christmas Eve? Like you you know Santa's coming. It was, but also I had to prep because in my head I was getting up, going to work, finishing early, coming back home, and catching up on work. That was my plan. COVID restrictions um, in the hospital meant that I could only stay for three hours at a time. So I was fully prepared to do two till five in the hospital and then come back and do some work. I think that's where we're going. No one expected what happened. Um, We went to bed and we woke up like it was a normal day. That's probably the calmest thing I've I've ever heard. Yeah. Genuinely, I, I I would have got... Like half an hour, so I would have been wide awake, like thinking that the baby's just going to pop out in the middle of the night. I think it's important to say that Becky wasn't contracting, so we weren't getting ourselves excited. We were quite calm because we still thought that we had a long road ahead of ourselves. So you got up, you, you had some breakfast, you went to work. Yeah. Was it two o'clock? You went back in. Did anything happen that morning? Did so when we came when we went on the Sunday. The um, midwives were like, well, we'll get you in. We'll examine you. We'll see how we're going. You may get put on a drip. This drip is a hormone to uh, speed up the process effectively. So this drip is an artificial synthetic hormone that, that is released that when you are in active labour. So there was talk of Becky going on that. So we, we go to the ward. Everything's sorted. They get put on the monitoring, you know, the bands that go around your belly. Everything was okay. The midwife came, did the first examination, had a little bit of a check and said, oh, you're about three centimetres, three and a half centimetres. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll set you to the delivery street. You're close enough. So we went to the delivery street at three and a half centimetres. Considering that we were we were really pushing for a home birth, the, the 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 people at the hospital at Wigan Hospital were were so amazing. Our midwife was brilliant. So they got to the delivery street and then they explained that because we were essentially an induction and what's classed as an at risk birth, they will be on one to one at all time for a midwife. So so our midwife she still popped in and out, but she was she was in the delivery room for a considerable amount of time. So we probably had about an hour and a half of just settling in this room, getting to know things, and the contractions from Becky started ever so slowly, ever so mildly. Becky was calm throughout. She was like, this is manageable, this is tolerable. About half past five, 
the midwife came in and she said, I'm going to put you on this hormone drip. And then, yeah, so so this got on. This this meant that she had to go and have a cannula in. Uh, and again, the baby had to be monitored because there is a risk that the, the baby can get a little bit distressed. About half past five, quarter to six, the doctor came round to do some rounds. And she was like, we'll see you in four hours. I'm going to see how you go. I'll come and check on you in four hours. And at this point, Becky's like, four hours? Wow. So just just for clarification here, when you're in the delivery suite, that three-hour window doesn't count yes, anymore. Sorry. Yes. So for when she's on the ward, uh, three hours. So the plan is when she got admitted to the delivery suite, I could come back. They admittedly let us in a little bit early, probably, but still well within the three-hour time limit, and I could stay there. So anyway, the doctor had come, and then they said, okay, things are progressing. Well, I'll check up you in another four hours, and we'll we'll see how you're doing from there. About quarter to six, Becky was like, why didn't you go get something to eat? I'm like, I- I'm fine. When I'm nervous or when I'm panicking, I don't tend to eat at the best of times. So I was like... I was high off adrenaline, to be honest with you. But I was like, no, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Then the midwife was saying, you know, this is the only chance you're going to get to eat. <laughs> the, uh, the cafe downstairs shuts at seven and, you know, it's getting late. There's nothing there's nothing close around here. And I generally wasn't hungry, but I thought, well, maybe I should go and get something just, you know, because I'm not. it's going to be maybe early hours in the morning, maybe into tomorrow. So I did say to Becky that I was going to go get some water for her. And I went down to the hospital and I went outside and I was thinking, oh, what's around here? Where could I go? I couldn't. I, I didn't really fancy the cafe. Cafe. I thought I could drive to McDonald's. I guess I could go get some chips or something. I decided against that. I thought, oh, no, I, I really don't fancy something. I'll just go to the vending machine. I'll get a couple of drinks and you know I'll get a bag of crisps and I think I got a Snickers bar and a Nutrigrain bar of both of which I didn't eat. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, that'll that'll keep me going until whenever. I, I don't mind. I must have been gone about 10 minutes. And when I got back in, things started to change. Becky was like, oh, this is this is getting a bit more difficult now. And again, nobody had like said to us what's happening. At the meantime, we're still thinking, all right, doctor's coming in four hours. And then quarter to seven, the midwife comes back in. Becky's getting quite distressed now, and the midwife's like, are, "Are you okay, love?" She's like, "No, oh, say these these contractions are really starting to hurt now." And she's like, "Okay, all right, where are you where are you looking at?" <laughs> so again, Becky and I are thinking, "All right, this is the build up, but we're still far away from this." So at this point, the midwife goes, "Do you want some pain relief?" So the gas and air came out because the midwife was there. Did you get to try it? No, oh. but I tell you what was funny is that as Becky was having the the gas and air and through the first couple of sucks of the gas and air that she was having when her contractions were disappearing, going away, <laughs> she started laughing. She started like full on giggling, laughing, and the midwife was like, "Honestly, we don't usually get this reaction in space." <laughs> then it came to about seven o'clock. You know, things really started to happen. Becky started, I wouldn't say panicking, but she really started to hurt now. The midwife asked her, can you feel a pain in your bottom? And she was like, yes. It got to five past seven. And the midwife, without saying anything, just 
turned over to me, had a look at me and said, eh, do you know I'm just pressing that button there, please? As the emergency <laughs> button. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? They're all kind of shit, aren't they? Like, just press that big red button there that yeah. says emergency. Now, don't panic, but just press it firmly, please, so everybody on the ward knows. Exactly right. Anyway, another midwife came running through the door. So there's two midwives in. It's getting to about five past seven. Becky is now in an unimaginable amount of pain. She started to get really panicky because she doesn't know what's going on to her body. The midwives haven't really explained what's going on apart from 10 past seven. And she's like, right, start to push. And and she did. And, then and you know, she got, you're going to get a minute's rest and a minute's break. And in that minute, you need to push. So she did. But then she was like, something's wrong. Something's not happening. The second midwife has got hold of her hand and just trying to explain to her. And then she's panicking and panicking and panicking even more. And she's like, something's happened. Something's happening to the baby. And then I had to gently remind her at 19 minutes past seven that the baby was on her chest (laughs) because she had arrived very, very quickly. So the drip did its job. It worked immensely. It worked amazingly. And it it worked within two hours for us. We were told with this drip is that you will get a natural contraction, but you will always get you will get what they call a synthetic contraction. So you will you you will contract twice as more. And the second one is more painful because your body like shouldn't be expecting that contraction, if that makes sense. Mm. So we thought because she was going through more pain, this is what was happening to her. Turns out that Robin just really wanted to get out. I mean, what I'd heard was the the midwives had been listening to the podcast series and they'd heard only a few episodes and they'd heard that it was twins. And so they gave her twice as much. Well, maybe, because what happened, they put her on two milligrams at first, but then they upped it to four milligrams. And Jesus, maybe that's why they thought, because, well, obviously it's twins. We're going to have to double it. What we didn't expect was a baby, and that's exactly what we got. We went in at two o'clock, and we had a baby before half seven. So five and a half hours. Granted that water's broke 24 hours earlier, but five and a half hours, that's good I mean, going. You, you can tell she's a northerner because she's out just in time for coronation. She? <laughs> yeah, she weren't, she weren't picking around. She was like, come on, we're, we're, we're coming out now. Oh, it's Monday. It's a good episode. I want to see what Rycroft was doing. Apparently, it is easier second time as well because your body knows what he's doing. So, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Fucking Beck, no. Beck feels like she... Uh... No. It's not happening. <laughs> Stop going there. No. We've had this discussion. We've clarified. There are no more. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> Whereas you're going to go again and, and, you know, just giving you little tidbits of advice from yourself. That, that process is going to be far faster. So, you know, this one was five and a half hours. That other one, don't let a fucking sneeze. I know, 22 minutes. That'll be a... <laughs> yeah. Obviously, um, Becky's first experience was three days long. I mean, in terms of factorising the... So three days down to five and a half hours, she's not going to make it out of front door. <laughs> yeah, we'll get the home birth by, uh, by uh, default this time, <laughs> won't we? And okay. So that, that sounds like quite, a, not traumatic as such, but like a whirlwind experience, I suppose it, it, is the best way. It kind of was a little bit traumatic as well. Um, Becky kind of panicked because we had this plan of what was going on and we we, we kind of prepped at what we're going to expect in, 
in terms of we were expecting a three, four, five day stint in hospital, but that didn't happen. It, and because it was so quick and because it was so exacerbated, Becky kind of thought something was going wrong. And because she was panicking, she was a little bit traumatised. She always talks about how the first time Fosse ripped out a cannula because um, she kicked it out. Well, let me tell you, Becky ripped out her cannula this time. <laughs> but again, it was purely because this was happening quick. And in fact, at one point, the midwife tried to calm her down and, and they were really lovely and, and just tried to say, look, you need to slow this down because the babies may come out too quick and we just need to slow it down to protect you from ripping. I mean, is that a thing? Like, I know that you're supposed to be in control, but can you slow a birth down? Apparently you can slow the pushing down, which is better for the baby once the head is coming through. After that, it's formulaic and the midwife can help out a little bit, I guess. So it was, you know, it was traumatic. And, and I'm not going to lie, there was a couple of minutes where I, you know, started to palpitate a little bit purely on the inside but I think the most important thing is that I didn't. Apparently, I was I was a great birthing partner. That's come from Becky, to be honest with you. So I must have done something that was was calming for her. And again, listening to your advice about being a rock. When we were reading our home birthing course that we went on, there was a a thing about how light touch could help through contractions. So the whole birth was talking about how the mother get sit up and you gently like with the back of your nails rub the lower of your back and just slightly go up until the shoulder blades and then just arch your way through. Kind of like you're writing a big M, I guess, but in a weird way. I mean, that's how you got in this place. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Matthew Swayze came out. (laughs) Um, Obviously, I couldn't do that because the, the way that she was lying down, but I was doing that on her arm and that kind of felt very relaxing to the point where Becky was screaming at me and saying, rub my arm. (laughs) Right now. So with one arm, I was rubbing her her arm ever so gently while she was squeezing my hand as hard as she could. So when's your hand out of plaster? Uh, Two weeks on Friday. (laughs) But yeah, so so like I say, Becky was a little bit out of it. I think the pain got to her so much where, like, it's almost like she didn't feel the baby coming out. She was like, I'm panicking, something's wrong, something's wrong. And, And that's when I had to say, babe, she's here. She's absolutely here. She didn't realise she was giving birth. <laughs> what are you panicking for? You've done it. Calm down. Mm. That's, that's kind of what I did as I was rubbing her head. I was like, she's here, babe. You've done all the hard work. And then after about two minutes, it, it started to click. So, yeah, so as she was dealing with baby and doing a bit of skin to skin and looking at her and, and just trying to get the bath, the midwife was pulling on the umbilical cord and had a tug of war with the placenta. There's no other way we could describe it. Yeah. <laughs> there was no second birth. There was no twin. It was just the 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 nurse was just thought, I'm doing this. And then um I was given the chance to cut cut the cord, which I did. I mean you could have warned me how tough that was. I, I mean did, match- I think there is one of the episodes I did say it's like the sounds like cutting bacon, but oh, it's the toughest yeah. fucking thing ever. Yeah, that wasn't a pleasurable experience, I'm not going to lie. It wouldn't, it wouldn't help that they gave me some scissors from a Play-Doh set. Here's <laughs> <laughs> some kid scissors. Go on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I did that. Well, I mean, while you've you've already, you know, 
put all of our listeners off there and they're already throwing up the breakfast. Did you eat the placenta? We did not eat the placenta. The placenta got dissected on the table and then went into a biohazard bag for quick disposal. We did not eat the placenta. Although I do, I've heard of people that put it in a smoothie. You know, it's it's meant to be good for you, but that one was not for us, I'm afraid. Okay. Who did the honours of the first nappy? Becky had to stay in overnight for a couple of reasons. So because Becky uh, stayed in overnight, that was her. You did warn me about the the first couple of nappy changes. I, I remember changing my little sister when I was younger and doing nappy changes. Not what I remember. <laughs> you are right. It's it's tar like, isn't it? It's like fucking gets everywhere. It's like they've been drinking Guinness in the. But it takes it takes forever to like wipe it off as well, doesn't it? But we uh, <laughs> we are literally talking shit. <laughs> But yeah, so so that moment has passed now. But yes, it was Becky that did the first nappy. I got my hands dirty the second day when she got home, which was a delight. So was she in overnight then, and then the following day? Yeah, she she was she was in overnight. So because she was small, uh, they did some checks on her. They measured her centiles, and she measured at three point nine. So she was six point five ounces, which I'm going to bring you a pre-pod in there. And just save you one. She's six pound five ounce, not six point five ounce. Oh god, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that doesn't highlight any concerns. Usually it's babies under five pound five. But when you measure the head and measure the waist and measure some other things as well, uh, she was still running small, which which she is. She's a small baby. So because she was running small, they decided that it was better just to do some. Uh, more observations uh, throughout the night and on doctor's rounds in the morning, and then they'll make a decision whether to discharge the following day, which she did. We already discussed that I'm only on the ward for allowed three hours, and then I was allowed in the delivery suite. So as they decided to admit Becky to the ward, they were like, okay, so we'll we'll wheel you in now, say goodbye to dad. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you, don't even, you don't even allow, you're not even allowed on the ward. Like, it's literally, you said bye in the corridor. It was like, okay. So, yeah, that was brutal. Got kicked out at quarter to 12 or 11. Uh, yeah, about, about midnight. And then, yeah, just just went up, went home. Like you said, was completely wired. Yeah. Like, you don't know what to do with yourself, do you? Since, I mean, this is the first time I ever stayed in the house without Becky. I mean, not that, you know, it's fine, but... We, we've always been together. So it's the first time I've ever slept in this house on my own. Was, was, you a bit, was you a bit scared? I was a little bit scared, yeah. Yeah. Onto the pillow. It's okay. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you, you're wired, but also like shattered at the same time. Yeah. I hadn't eaten for a long time, so I managed to, you know, go and get myself an emergency McDonald's because I didn't know <laughs> when the next time I was going to eat again. The different thing is I wasn't given a time. So usually you'd, you'd go at visiting times or something. We were told specifically that I wasn't allowed to come for visiting times. They said they would give us me a time and that's when I could come. So I um, was given the time of one o'clock, but I didn't get that until about God, maybe half 11 the following day. So Becky didn't have a, a good night's sleep. In fact, she didn't have any sleep. She got into the ward and um, Becky isn't a great sleeper in terms of 
everything has to be dark. So she calls for a nurse, bearing in mind that she's just given birth. She's a bit out of it. She's a bit all over the place. She calls for the nurse. Nurse goes, everything all right? She's like, yeah, I'm just struggling to figure out how you uh, turn off these lights. And she was like, oh, yeah, these lights don't close. <laughs> these things don't work. They broke. They only stay on at light. So you, obviously, you know, hospital lights are the brightest thing in the world. So she had to deal with that right in her face. So she couldn't really sleep. She managed to get about 40 minutes. So she didn't sleep. I managed to get a few hours, but then we were we were kind of in limbo. Like we didn't know what to what to expect. So yeah, just going back a minute when the baby was born, Becky kind of got a, a wits about her, and she came round from all the uh, the drugs. The uh, the nurse came and said, as expected, the, the, there's 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 a there's a bit of a tear. We're gonna let the doctor come in and have a check of you because I think we need to do some stitches. They said we'll come back in a bit. <laughs> It took them two hours to come back while oh, Becky wow. was bleeding out. And in fact, what actually happened was we called up after two hours. I mean, we were kind of in our own little, oh, my God, this person's beautiful bubble. And like, we're, we're parents. We did it. So we, we were having some like nice bonding time, I guess. But the baby wasn't weighed. The baby didn't have the checks. And, and Becky was still, you know, lie down on the bed. It actually took us a couple of hours and we, we had to ring through to the to the nurse's desk and, and they came through and were just like, I've been sat here for two hours now, can I just go for a walk? And they were like, no, you can't, sorry, we'll get the doctor now. So they must have just completely forgot about us as she was bleeding out. The doctor came and, you know, said that there were some stitches that need to, needed to be done. I, I, I won't go into details, but the top and bottom had had to have some structural work doing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I think that's the fairest way to put it. <laughs> Structural work. Yeah, just a just a couple of stitches either sides. <laughs> there, there, there was a chance because where one of the tears were that Becky had was going to be catheterized, but luckily that didn't happen. What did happen after go is that she uh, she had a new experience in our lovely. Rebecca, because the doctor had to, let's just say, when when men get to a certain age, they have to have a routine operator, routine little checkup, don't they, at the doctor's, (laughs) where where the doctor puts the gloves on (laughs) and puts some little little gel. I I know exactly what happened. (laughs) Yeah, well, Rebecca had to have that procedure. (laughs) You know, Uh two, two hours after giving birth, the doctor was like, I'm going in. Sorry, Lord. I need to check. I need to check this. <laughs> Please tell me he said it in that exact way. Sorry, love. Right, I'm it sting, and I know you've just given birth, but I'm going in. I just need to make sure I haven't sewn you up, and you can actually have a shit later. <laughs> I mean, he was a little bit more uh, tactful than that, but not. Did he say I've done some structural work? And... <laughs> Yeah, I've got, I've got the scaffolding in. I just need to. <laughs> I tell you what, the midwives, and correctly so, because she she looks amazing. But the the midwives actually complimented her and said, considering you've just given birth, you look absolutely amazing. And she was glowing. She looked beautiful. Uh, and Becky was like, "Are you joking me?" But <laughs> it's true. So maybe the doctor just just had a bit. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe not. Baby was just doing his job. <laughs> I think that's 
probably more likely. And we'll bring you a pod in next week just to clarify that yeah, he was just doing his job. So so that happened. So as she was um, getting stitched up, I tell you what, what was probably more painful than the actual birth. He did mention sharp sting. He did say that there is going to be a bit of a bee sting, and you know some local aesthetic was put in as the stitches go in, and with some gas and air as well. Guess what the doctor did? Did he stitch up the wrong hole? No. No, he stitched up the right hole, but did not wait for the anaesthetic to kick in first. Oh, wow. So Becky railed in pain for the first one. As you can imagine, after already having some <laughs> damage that's gone on there, to have a needle shoved in there. I mean, I, I would imagine it's quite a sensitive area naturally. Exactly, yeah. The doctor was very apologetic. As you would expect. Yeah, exactly. Did some more um, anaesthetic and then everything went on his way. At which time I was at the other side of the room dealing with Robin and then helping, you know, the midwife do their checks, checking that, you know, Robin's got ten fingers and ten toes. (laughs) It's a funny feeling, isn't it? Like, you're in this room with your partner and your newborn child and there's some other blog with his head firmly between your missus, like, sorting her out. And you're like... Yeah, just get on with it, mate. I'm sorting the paper. <laughs> but not just firmly in between. So they, I mean, I don't know if this happened when, when Beck had, had had Georgia, but they removed half the bed and put Becky in stirrups as well. Yeah. There was no, like... Yeah, it turns into a, like a fucking transformer, isn't it? Yeah. She was all to show. They put like a little modesty curtain up there. But <laughs> you know, I tried I tried not to look, but there was a, a bit of a... For, you, know, <laughs> you had a glimpse. Did, did you did you go south when the head was popping out, or did you stay up north? I, I, I stayed up north. I stayed Probably up. for the best. I didn't have a peak, but I had a little bit of a peak when the placenta was coming out. I didn't go around and have a look, but I saw a, <laughs> I saw a nurse doing a magic trick and doing a tug of war <laughs> coming out. So that was kind of hard to notice. But I, I, just, I just imagine this nurse with, nurse with the umbilical cord fully wrapped around the hand a few times, coiled round, proper pulling hard on it, feet up against it. <laughs> I oh. mean, it's not too far from the truth. I mean, she had to stop. She had to say that, it's not ready this, I need a little break. I mean, <laughs> that's something she actually said. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so after a couple of hours, Becky was sorted. She had a shower. We um, got the weight of the... i tell you something that I, I didn't realise. It's that I don't know if it's a new thing. They have to work out in pounds and ounces, don't they? It comes up in like, I don't even know what figures it was. I assume it's grams. She, she I think she was 2,885 or something. And they had to convert that. I thought, well, why can't you just set the scales to, <laughs> you know, what, what's, what's wrong where, with Where we bought them from, European <laughs> scales. If we used some of those American scales, then it would have just gone 6.5 ounce. <laughs> From the growth scans, they said that we're going to be maybe a pound out, but they were spot on. The, the last growth scan we had was Thursday before. You would have known that if the podcast went as it should, but it didn't. And she came out £6.5. So. Turns out that the sonographer actually does know how to do a job. She she knows how to do a job. Yeah, she was she was pretty bang on, really. At this point, I've got like, I've still got a million and one questions. But how's everyone sleeping? Okay, so... Monday, Becky didn't sleep at all. Tuesday, slightly better. We managed to, I probably managed to get about three hours. Becky probably managed to get about two and a half hours. The next day, I think Becky got about 
45 minutes. I may have got like a couple of hours. Friday and Saturday, we've kind of got what you would expect to be a half decent sleep. Uh, I think I got a full night's sleep last week, last night actually, about six hours, maybe about five hours the day before. Becky last night managed to get about seven hours, but over two stints. So we've tried. What we've tried to do is we've tried to have a little bit of a a routine. Becky's breastfeeding, so it's a little bit more difficult in terms of me trying to help out because I don't have. I mean, yeah, well, but you've you've had the perfect training. Ala Matthew sways it. Let Becky sit in front of you, and then just you know rest that and hold baby at the same time. Well, I'm, I'm I, picturing it, and it probably looks better in my head than it does in practice. Well, Robin can be the pottery wheel. That's that couldn't she? She could be the the pottery <laughs> that we've been molding. Pardon the pun, but we're milking that that little <laughs> meme now. <laughs> brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So, so yeah. So what we've what we've tried to do is Becky's expressing, and with the idea that I will generally give her a feed at night time. A couple of reasons for it is that with bottles, Robin will get a little bit. Well, she will get a lot more milk. She has to, you know, work a lot less to get more milk. That'll send us to sleep a little bit more. So that gives the chance for Becky to have a couple of hours sleep, um, probably from 10 till 12 or 10 till 1. So at least she's getting some junks before she has to start and, you know, doing the feeds. What what I didn't know, and it's very common, is that babies, when they're first born, will feed throughout the night almost routinely especially mm. breastfeeding babies is like they're always on the teat for, for want of a better word so that does limit what i could do at the night time although i will help to change nappies or usually what happens will becky will when she's lagging a bit she'll she'll tell me to take over or she'll say oh just change robin i'll get up and have 10 minutes with her just so she can have a bit of a rest the first few days were difficult and we kind of had to factor in sleep so we decided that I'm better at staying up in terms of I could go 24 hours without sleep relatively easy, but I'm not so good at waking up, going back to bed, waking up. I can either stay up or I struggle with getting two hours sleep, then waking up for half an hour, two hours sleep, waking up for half an hour, where Becky's quite good at that. Maybe kids aren't for you, man. (laughs) Well, this is something that I'm learning, um, but we decided that you know i'll stay up for as long as possible giving becky to have some sleep time and where i get two three hours sleep at a time i would generally have you know a bit of a lie i say a bit of a lie-in but maybe up at half eight whereas she's been up at six no one prepares you i think that's the one thing that i've learned this week is no one can prepare you for that level of sleep deprivation i did mention that yeah that's the thing that you need training for but only thing you can do is try and steal those hours when baby's asleep. But as soon as she goes for a nap, like as soon as she's fed and she goes down for a nap during the day, just get an hour or two here and there. The twenty minute power nap on the couch is an absolute hero, isn't it? <laughs> like that's that's my new best friend now. Last question for today for, for, for this week as well, because I know this has been a long episode at this point. Who's Flossie taking the Robin? Do you know what? She's been absolutely amazing. So Flossie has spent this week at her dad's. But, you know, her dad's been really nice about it. And 
firstly, I guess we expected to be in the hospital for five or six days anyway. So it was kind of pre-planned that Flossie's dad would have Flossie for for the week anyway. But also this has kind of given us a chance to try and set out a bit of routine. She has been to visit twice. So she's just come for a couple of hours and just got, got used to her. She's been absolutely brilliant, to be fair. She's so loving. She describes Robert. So we didn't tell her as well. She knew that she was going to have a baby, but because Florence doesn't understand days or anything. And also when, when Robin was born, she came to visit on Tuesday, but after school. But because we didn't want to get her excited, we didn't tell her on Tuesday. Uh, Becky's mum, Flossie's nan, came, came to the door and let us in. And Robin was crying at the time. And Florence came through the door and she was like, what's that noise, mummy? And then she was like, she was on like a little chair on the on the floor, like a little swingy chair that we've got. And she was like, it's a baby. <laughs> and then she was like, she was smitten. She had a little hold of her and she was like, oh, she is so little and she is so cute. And giving her like a little kiss and a little rub of the hand and everything. She's She's been really, really good with her. I think the test is going to be this week when we have to pick up the school run as well. But we'll see. I'm sure she'll be fine. She's 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 been nothing less than absolutely loving, to be honest with you. She's been really, really good. This week's going to be difficult. There is new guidance when it comes to driving now. I don't know if this was around when um, Georgia was around. In terms of car seats, for the first few weeks, no more than half an hour at a time in a car seat. So, and then two hours in total per day. So this is a bit of a ball ache for us because Flossie's school commute, one way, is 30 minutes car drive. So it either means that one of us will have to stay with a baby. That makes sense that it's Becky because of the breastfeeding goes there. So that makes a sense. But then Flossie, you know, is super committed to a mum and wants a mum to take her as well so this is going to be the difficult thing in terms of who's going to take her to school because she doesn't want me at the best of times which is fine that's understandable so this is going to be a bit of a challenging week I think when Flossie has been here Becky's mum was here or Becky's sister was here so they've been able to, to help out you know generally holding the baby because that's that's what people do don't they? they want to hold the baby for forever and ever so we'll feed back on that next question next week. We'll we'll see how difficult it actually is. But, you know, Flossie's been amazing. And all she's ever wanted, all that she's talked about for the last few weeks is about being a big sister. And she's been telling people at, at school and the teachers and, you know, everybody. OK, well, I think that's a lot of a lot to decompress, I suppose. <laughs> I felt like I've talked a lot this week. but uh, You so- have because you've had a lot to talk about. Yeah, and I feel like we're only on part one, <laughs> you know. Maybe we'll pick this back up at part two next week. But do you know what? It has been an absolutely amazed week. And the whole point of this podcast is coming on the journey of pregnancy. But now we can go on the journey of, of parenthood as well. And, you know, this is this is a it's an amazing experience. And let's keep at it and see where we go from here. Yeah. Well, on behalf of me and the rest of the dads around the world, welcome to the Dad Club. I am officially a dad man. You're officially a dad man. I mean, yeah. you've only been doing this for fucking 20 weeks pretending. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, everyone, thanks very much for listening. We'll we'll pick this back up next week with, with some more ramblings. I hope you have a good week. 
See you later. <laughs> <laughs>